Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Dave. And this week, we've watched Raijin, and now we're going to argue about whether we're going to quit Star Trek. Because I've got faith on the heart, going where my heart will take me. I've got faith to believe I can do anything. I am just so in shock of what I witnessed. I didn't, I saw the direction that it might have gone in that Archer shouldn't have trusted this person, who we're gonna get to in a minute. But I thought Star Trek was better than that. Star Trek was not better than that. Let's get into it. I mean, I'm just, all I'm saying about this episode is I'm smoking the beer already. (laughs) And I am right behind you. Beautiful, thank you, Dave. Thank you for joining me in um, celebrating. So this episode was I don't know what was going on in this episode. I mean, I get that it's, you know, it's season three of Enterprise, so it's part of a longer arc, but it's just... To understand how I how confused I was, you know, opening with the but... bugs and the sea creatures, having a little chat. I had no idea who these people were. <laughs> I think you were better off. It took me so long to realise that was the Zindi. <laughs> Why'd you pick it, Dave? <laughs> I mean, how, how couldn't I? At, at at this point, I mean, it's 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 been haunting my memory for years now. Fair. I can imagine it's um, you know, it's just so many of the fatal flaws of Enterprise are just painfully obvious when you think about them more than ten seconds. And you know, I really, really feel horrible for anybody whose entry into Star Trek was Enterprise. I mean, it's just this. I know, but like the thing—the thing is here. Like, I, I subscribe to a very specific theory about Star Trek. So, uh, it's—it's it's this theory of exponential growth. So, no matter what, as long as they keep making it, as long as it keeps going, it's still going to be good and it's still going to be fine eventually, because <laughs> at some point, this is going to be post-justified into something okay. That's what I'm hoping. With the ending I... we got. I was like, okay, maybe it's good, maybe it's fine. I don't yet know where it goes. I have great respect for your optimism there, Dave, because, I mean, season four of Enterprise is good, so I guess you're right. I guess in the end you're right, but we had to do this. I mean, there's there's so much of Enterprise that I, I legitimately like, uh, you know, and there's so much so much good uh, that 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 uh, you know uh, me and one of my one of my best friends, Lucas, we we talk about so much. There's so much sunshine in it that uh, you know that we th- that's the thing that we concentrate on so much. But then there's so much of this stuff that just doesn't make any sense and is just so horny. But it doesn't make us horny. It's it, you know it is it is the machinations uh, uh, of a man who just goes, "This is what I like." And this is what other people should be liking too. It, 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 it is like the phenomenon of someone finding old, dirty magazines by a ravine. Absolutely. That's such a terrifying and amazing analogy for Enterprise, so, finding dirty magazines by a ravine. Because the neuropressure, the trip to Paul neuropressure scene, which I was just, my eyes were accosted with. <laughs> it was just, it was Did a you- lot... Did you start with this, Dave? I hope that this wasn't where you started. 
the thing is, when I started with, I I, I started with original series, but because oh, like, thank God. my my mother my mother is a huge was a huge Star Trek fan. She actually wrote into the original letter writing campaign to save the series. <gasps> oh hell yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so I like I uh, y- y- you know I uh, like I am a died in the wool second generation. That's beautiful. That's fan. So... so it was always something she talked about. It, it, it was it was always something I talked about, you know, like that that I heard about in the house. It, you know, it was just something that was just around me. And then the first episode I really remember watching, uh, you, you know, like sitting down and watching. Okay, uh, um, I had to leave school early for something because like somebody pulled a fire alarm uh, in elementary. It was like grade four or something. You know, when people could still fire, you know, pull fire alarms without getting in trouble. Okay, uh, you know, and I ran home early. Uh, you know, to come and come and do something. I can't even remember what it was anymore. But uh, in Canada, there used to be this incredible channel called the Space Channel, Ooh. and they would just they would play Star Trek all the time. They would play old sci-fi TV shows all the time. It was incredibly cool, and it would be hosted a lot of the time, uh, you know, by a guy in a costume. And he'd be like, "Oh, well, like uh, you know, this cool crazy movie is on next. We're gonna watch Plan Nine from Outer Space." Uh, and uh, like uh, I know this is going to be real different now, guys. But hey, it's going to be black and white, and there's going to be British people in it. But this is Doctor Who. <laughs> that's great. I think that's aggressively Canadian. <laughs> they should bring that back. You know, I want, I want when I when I turn my Netflix on, for, oh, like I, a guy in a costume, be like, and now you're gonna watch Suits. It's gonna be shit, but in Suits. <laughs> How about that? Oh, it was it was bloody fantastic. It was absolutely bloody fantastic, right? So I get home and I start watching it, uh, and, and watching it, and it's an episode of Star Trek, and it's Balance of Terror. I missed the first <sighs> five minutes of it, but that's such I'm a good I, I'm one. so enthralled in it. I know it's 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 literally become my favorite episode out of everything because it's like the color, and the shapes. Uh, you know, and and the sound because like the sounds are the, uh, like the best way to put it, it the sounds are fat. Like it's fat sound because it, it just it gets all the way inside of your ear. Yeah, it does. I mean, I was watching Lights of Vita earlier for another podcast, and uh, that episode sucks, but it sounds good. But wouldn't it have been so much better if Sherry Lewis had played the girl? Yeah, but uh, you know, we can't have we can't always have what we want in Star Trek, and um, this is a useful example of this, right, Jim? Which um. Should we get to it? Because uh, I need to clear this off my mind before I have a breakdown. I mean, if we just keep dancing around it for the next 20 or 30 years, we may avoid it forever. Yeah, that seems unf- that I can't do that. I've got enough going on in my life. I don't want to avoid talking. We need to emotionally process this. So let's start with Archer's weird nightmare rash, which I assume... Welcome to therapy! Continu- yeah, is it, I assume it's con- a continuation of a previous episode. Or maybe yeah, everything is like a weird continuation. We have Trip being like, this weird, sexy neurotherapy of have is making people think we're having sex. And T'Pol's like, I don't see a problem with them thinking we're having sex. Which, uh... I hate it which, here. Like, yeah, but like on one hand, I'm like, okay, that's that's perfectly fine. You know, if, if she can be like, okay, I don't care if people think about whatever they want to think about. That's that that's one thing. But here's the thing that always annoys me uh, you, uh, about TV shows and movies: the costuming. Yeah, what the fuck is she wearing? What, yes, what what is she wearing? Why, for the love of everything, can this woman never have a supported bosom? 
<laughs> That's Berman's vision. We That's have Berman. Jane's vision and we have Berman's vision. Also, if those, those look like the most uncomfy night clothes a human being has ever worn. Extremely tight. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, so tight you can't even do up the buttons. At that point, like, the buttons, like, under underneath the top two, they're just ornamental at that point. Like, so, like, like realistically, okay, d- on, the, on the left-hand side, are there even actually button holes? Oh, God, wait. You I... know, I'm not, I'm not about to open Netflix and stare for a minute at Jolie Bullock's bosom to try and figure out if there are buttonholes there. I reached my phone. Like, I'm not going to stare at anybody's bosom. Like, it's none of my business. It's none of my business what is going on with her stuff. On- honestly, uh, you, you know, I think... You're asking like, you know, important leave- questions. Yes, I mean, like, these are, these are, like, logistical questions I have asked since I was, like, nine. <laughs> this is Jean's mission now. There <laughs> oh, yeah, no. is some... So we have that, and then we have Scott Bakula wakes up from a horny nightmare, I think. I don't know what it is. is. He needs this mineral. They go to a space Venice thing, and my immediate thought upon them going through this bazaar was like, oh god, there's fake there's fake Arabic up on those walls. These people are fake. This is a fake Iraqi bazaar. This is a space, they're in space Iraq. Oh no, this is... This is the Space Iraq war season, Olivia. Yeah. They're on search for a space WMD in Space Iraq. I'm aware... Those things you saw, that's Space Sedan. Oh no, I just don't want to experience this. This is why I'm still in season two, like a year later. The fucking alien has a kind of racist Indian accent as well. I just... Yeah, and he is obsessed with spices. So that's some like a colonial Columbus. I do like the spices stuff. That's going actually on. kind of funny. The spices where he's like, ooh, black pepper. It's like British well, uh, people. <laughs> of all the spices, black pepper though. <laughs> well, I know it's 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 much like my beloved four-year-old niece who tells me that mustard is too spicy for her. That's fair. That's fair though. Mustard is volatile. <laughs> You've just had the wrong mustard, Olivia. But we are talking. We are talking, my, my friends. We are talking about American mustard here. Oh, okay, that's okay. that's okay. What the fuck? No. That's got more sugar in it than spice. It's basically water. <laughs> so they're on this planet, and they're looking for a. They go to this trader because they need the thing for trillion D, and this guy is basically. This guy just feels like a racial stereotype, but I'm not sure what of. <laughs> that's so much of that's so much of the cursed episodes that we've have to analyze. Like this feels racist. Well, like, at this point, so he feels like a racial stereotype of a racial stereotype. So he's just a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. And at this point, nobody actually understands or knows what the original looked like. Yeah, it's like is is he making fun of the British? Is he making fun of Turkish people? I don't know. It's just like. It's just don't try bad. And look for meaning. Just don't yeah. try and look for meaning in Star Trek. That's my hot. Take. Like it's it's just lazy. <laughs> at, the, at at some point, it just becomes lazy writing. Like with, with so much of you know what what I didn't understand with Voyager is that that they just like they it seemed like they just stopped caring at some point, or like all the stuff with Neelix. Neelix is a bully. Yeah, Neelix sucks. I don't yeah, understand like, Neelix. Sucks. He's a bully. 
he's incredibly jealous. He's also dating somebody who's even outside of the fact that Kez's species only lived for like three, five, eight years. Mm-hmm. Even if we were to factor her into how old she was in her stage of life, it's still creepy. Yes. Okay. Because I, I've been Neelix saying this sucks. for quite some time now. Neelix is a space pedophile. Neelix is space nuts. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's the space pedo. I'm glad someone else agrees okay. with me on that. Because it's just fucking creepy. Yeah, it's true. People are like, oh, it's the He's cultural very creepy differences. Like the... It's not his cultural difference. He treats no, his even cultural if Kez... difference is for young girls. <laughs> even if Kez was of a normal, you know, age like um, humans, he still treats her like a child. He still infantilizes her, which is disgusting. Anyway, I think you know. I like to say we need to stay yeah. on topic, but I don't. I, it's more of an obligation than a need. We need to get into the, the meat of this. Yeah, which is Archer ends up at a space slave market. And he go, he has what I've written here and described as a Jim Kirk moment where he looks at a woman and there's soft lighting and she looks back and there's soft lighting and he doesn't talk for a second because he's too busy looking at a woman. I hated it. It was such an intense connect. There's like a moment of intense connection at this slaver's auction. Like, I don't understand what that was supposed to be. Maybe that was a nod to her later powers. But it's it's strange, and I was just like, we should leave. And then she comes running after him, and they Archer beats up a sex slave trader, which um brownie points for him there. Yeah, yeah, I, like I'm all for that. I'm like, oh, you're freeing slaves. Yes, like I I'm all for That's this. Nice. Please do this. This you is know. the point where I thought Star Trek is going to be better than this because I did think, okay, she runs up to you, you're going to save her, you're going to go off Starfleet. It seems kind of like maybe it's a trap, but I thought, you know, Star Trek wouldn't do that. They're going to do something that's going to, you know, something in depth about, you know, trafficking and how we can, you know, save or empower women, something like that. I was like, no, they're not going to have this person be a sort of plant on the Enterprise. You know, you're expecting a lot of Star Trek generally, but that's too much to expect of Enterprise. (laughs) You know, the show that did triplets and male pregnancy four episodes in. I... Yeah. Because, you know, he beats the slave trader, but they take her back to the Enterprise, and she seems nice. You know, and we get the man, the trader. This whole this whole episode feels like somebody wrote an ep- a, a... The whole trader thing feels like a side quest from an RPG in a really specific way. That like, ooh, get me my spices, and I'll show you how to make Trillium D for your shields. I always and this guy's just like excitedly sniffing like paprika and black pepper and mustard and making really terrifying noises and sneezing. There's always just a sort of strange B-plot in these episodes that just do the maddest things where I'm like, I really can't have time to care about this right now. I'm just, <laughs> what is going on with Archer and the sex slave? Yeah, because they have dinner and it's kind of cursed and Archer's like, do you want to go home? And she's like, no, not really. And he's like, but well, well, we'll go, we'll go there anyway. And it's they gave her yeah. like a haunting backstory, and it was just a ruse. Oh dear. And, and, and like, at what point before before she had dinner with the captain, where they like, would you, would you like some new clothes? Would you like a top? Would you like a top that isn't low cut? <laughs> She's like, no, no. I'd like the yeah. lowest cut w- top would, you would have you... on this warship. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. W- would you would you like something that will keep you warm? I mean, even you know, even refugees most of the time get those tinfoil blankets. It's. I like to imagine they offered her lots of sense. They find the drink. No, no, no. I'll take that. And they're like, really? Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah, but like the the other thing is her hair keeps changing. So is she doing her hair, or is there someone on the ship who's doing her hair for her? I don't. I, I'm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things that it's almost like it's clearly Berman's vision, but I'm trying to think of an in-universe explanation for why she had a stylist. <laughs> because like that's quite a bit of style. Yeah, it's, she's, she's got a lot of hair. Yeah, she's got significant amounts of hair. And then, because then we have the scene where she comes to Archer's route, and we have. Does Archer have. I can't work out whether she makes Archie, Archer have a horny dream or whether she actually touches him up. This was absolutely appalling, honestly. Was... Like, if, if it wasn't her influence and her powers, it's even worse. But it's just like, she was literally just saying about how she was like abducted as a child. And was trafficked into like sex slavery, and then he has that weird dreamscape vision that... where she like kisses him, and then he sca- her hands are scattered, and we have but... like early two thousand CGI archers in body, and it's disgusting. And... Yeah, but it's like it's also incredibly clear what her powers are. So, d- so I- I- is she a walking MRI machine? And and can she just like she can she just like shoot memories into people's brains? So is is she doing you know is she like making Archer have the horny dream while she's like doing you know doing the MRI? So she needs him to be really still while she's just going do 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 do. There's so many layers to how disturbing this is because it also says that she. She was stolen as a child for her powers. So what? what I don't know. I just I'm looking t- too much into it. Maybe did this scene emerge from when one of the writers in MRI was like, "I wish my dick was hard while I'm because <laughs> that's the only way I can imagine this emerging is to somebody being that lonely. It's like I what wish, if, I wish okay. this machine made me horny. <laughs> what if the scan was sexy? <laughs> it's like why? What then? <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I hate it here. I hate it here so much. Because then we have she's inspecting the transporter, and Hoshi appears. And um, you know, I didn't expect start season two of Star Trek Enterprise to go to give us get to say gay rights, but having this woman make it's, Hoshi no. horny. No, awesome. it's, it's not gay rights. Oh, I'll stop you right there. It's we're, we're once again into this thing of everything LGBT in Star Trek is either in the mirror universe and it's evil or it's weirdly non-consensual. This we did not, again. in fact, have to hand it to Star we don't Trek. Have to hand it to no, them. no, we don't. I mean, because like Star Trek, Star Trek really falls under this really ugly stereotype with anybody who's who's vaguely bisexual or or ha- is on this uh, lean because uh you know it, it's it's this very big trope that anyone who is who is bisexual or or who uh, who has any lean in, in you know either direction or, or is gender fluid in, in some cases is that they're doing it for deceptive or or uh or or or, or for reasons of personal reasons. gain 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's just uh, and it's such an old trope. It's such a tired trope, and they just make it so laboured and horrible in this episode. Yeah, and it's this also mixed with this weird like victim blaming angle. I don't know if the, her entire story is like um, fictitious, you know, in universe, but like. I don't know. It's just, it's just not great. I, I, I thought they were going to do some commentary, and I'm just. Dude, that's actually the other thing to this episode. Is there is. What is this episode trying to say? It's, I don't uh, think this episode is trying to say anything. It's just like I, I, it, 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 to me, it seems like they were like, okay, we've just spent a ridiculous amount of money, uh, 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 you know, just starting the season. We are now out of money. So we have to cut as much money out of the budget as possible. So we we need saving episodes. Just like a cut, 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 cut. Just reuse as much things as we can, uh, you know, uh, uh, out as possible. You know, yeah, we'll build a new set or two. We'll, we're going to build this weird bazaar. Uh, you know, it's going to be the car boot sale in space. It's going to be great. The costumes, uh, you know, what, what did we build for Jerry and Voyager that she refused to wear? Boom, let's go. <laughs> yeah, of course they got a little cat suit in there later on. But the thing about it is that if this... Usually when you write a bottle episode like that, you're like, we're going we're gonna to make up for it by writing a good script, so we, that will come off the money. And it's, uh, it's not even that. It's just... You know, we're not really about halfway through it. I'm already like, what the fuck was this trying to do? I know. It's so, it's so confusing. I mean, like, can you understand why this has boggled me for years? Absolutely. And yeah. I... Because this ruined my day, my life. <laughs> I t- Enterprise is just so unique. Well, I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's Star Trek. And, it yeah, happens. Olivia's life is ruined once a week by this yeah. podcast. So yes. you, you're not... <laughs> you haven't done anything. It's a weekly <laughs> basis, and I can only be stronger. Um... But, you know, where are we? Are we at the point where, what's her name, Regine Lamp's trip with a lamp? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, she goes to DePaul and sexually assaults DePaul, which we can add that to another. Oh, another we can, that's LGBT another bingo crime. chart on um, another cross on your horrible Star Trek bingo, st- horrible Star Trek trope bingo card, which is um, sexual assault. It's, and it's like, oh, it's vivid. It's bad. I just have a note here that just says commentary question mark. Olivia, just there was none. Just accept it. Excuse this basically feeling to pull up without her consent, and then when to pull pushes her off, she beats her up. Yeah. yeah but like the, the implication is she's not just feeling to pull up, she's also like trying to make her feel with her powers and putting like very sexual thoughts into her mind at the same time. So it's not it's not just feeling her up it's also you know an, another troy mind rape scenario oh, yeah it's just you know i should make a bingo card for this um podcast of just terrible star trek tricks it needs to be a big bingo card but i could do it it's just <sighs> the bingo card of pain yeah the bingo the bingo card of suffering because this 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 is a bingo card of Jean's vision with six breasts and two navels. <laughs> 
two Ooh. navels? Is that a new one? <laughs> is that a thing? Every time you think about, every time someone invokes Dean's vision, they they add another breast and half a navel. Oh God! Okay, no, so ha- half a navel comes. It should, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, comes from the failed pilot for Planet Earth. Oh no! That was one of his other ones, along with um, Andromeda, wasn't it? Uh, with Genesis, so uh, so he 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 tried to do Andromeda basically three times. Uh, so it, it became uh, it was a uh, Planet Earth and then Genesis two. It, it was essentially the same idea, but the first one had uh, had John had no not Ted Cassidy, the the guy who played Lurch in the Adams Family. Okay, I'm just looking this up now. <laughs> Planet Earth. Roddenberry. Yes, only one of them has Diana Moldauer in it, and uh, and this is a a, a quote uh, that John Saxon actually said uh, in, uh, in the episode as narration, uh, because there was a a roving band of uh, uh, of marauding uh, women who were in charge of some kind of like matriarchal society, uh, and he as Dylan Hunt says, "Is this women's lib or is this women's lib gone mad?" Oh, here we go. Here and, we go. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the Confederacy of Roots, a society of Latter-day Amazons where women are dominant and men are enslaved. Thanks, Gene. Gene Thanks. wrote this. This is Gene's vision. Absolutely. How we not every like almost every podcast episode has some weird thing where the powerful woman is evil, or she's she's manipulating people, or she's like it's it's like the rumor humor of just always hating their wives. It's just that is that's Gene. <laughs> it's not funny, and it does like what what like uh, this this is the thing because uh, you know uh, I I went to film school and I am a storyteller. I I work on quite a bit of things, and uh, uh, you know I've worked on quite a bit of TV shows. And and, and the thing that I uh, I com- uh, I complain about a lot with Star Trek and with TV in general is where is your story? What are you doing with this? Where what is the direction you're going? Yeah, this just that's yeah that's important because you know the best episodes of. Star Trek, the story is clear, the direction is clear. It rolls you through. You're not trying to follow the story, you're carried along with it. Yeah, you, you have to go along with it. I mean, you look at something like with Deep Space Nine. With Deep Space Nine, I, I absolutely adore. Uh, you know, it, it always has my heart because, like, it carries me emotionally. Like, uh, pretty much every episode, uh, you know, even the Ferengi ones that I think there were just way too many of. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah. With Enterprise, it's just kind of like, okay, so we're doing a story this week. It's going to be interesting, I promise. When we figure out what it is, we'll let you know. Maybe you'll figure it out before us. Maybe you won't, but... uh, I mean, sometimes it's just like... (laughs) Sometimes it's it's just like a Rube Goldbergian puzzle device. What's that? And we're still trying to figure out how the pieces fit together. Like... You know how some people are. You know are still trying to fit together the the works of Henry Darger mm. and trying to justify him as a genius. And I'm like, he was he was a janitor who wrote uh, like a two hundred thousand word thesis of a Lord of the Rings sort of like fantasy world. He he journaled weird things. Just leave him alone. He's dead now. Oh, yeah. It's... yeah, it's. It's just not the thing about searching for deeper meaning in 
any media, especially in and more specifically Star Trek, is that deeper meaning in media requires deep meaning to be put in in the first place. And most Star Trek episodes are written in a week by somebody who had something better to do. That's so depressingly accurate. But but it's it's no fault of these guys on their own because it's like you, yeah. you can't really blame these guys because like they they're at their job and they're trying to pay their bills and you know and and do their whatnot. Like if you're handed you know, a you bad hand really give them... characters and setting. Why is there a cargo? Yeah, if you're handed a bad hand in like characters and plot and you're told to bang out a script in a week, can you really expect a good outcome? especially in serialized television where the writers have a lot less control over the direction of the characters than they might do in something like Discovery. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, I have feelings about the very, you know, long plot arcs of Discovery, but I think it, it, the cat is quite clear that the writers have a lot more control over the direction of the characters. And that's good. You know, Travis Mayweather, whose greatest, whose greatest character development is... Um, we learned he weighs 72 kilos and sometimes he takes his shirt off. But he Otherwise, was also born in space. About... He was born in space. That's all we need to know. Yeah, and that there's cool stuff to do with that. You know, he was from, he's from the generation of merchant sailors, merchant space men, merchant astronauts. I don't know. I'll use all the whatever. Boomers. I know, but like, like that's why, cool. why, why is he called a boomer? Why is he called a boomer? He, he's already in space. Shouldn't he be called a zoomer? <laughs> it's fun, it? but it's like they're up the boomers are a cool concept because they've been out in space for a long time. They know the the environment. They know what works, what doesn't. That's cool. That should be interesting. Travis should be going. Actually, Captain Archer, that's not how this works. Or actually, ca- actually, Captain, this should work because I've done this before. But no, it's just there. Is it too late to campaign for season five of Enterprise? Is it? Yeah, time, right. That's I mean. It's just, should we get, I don't want to say, should we go back to the, the hell, the shit show? You need but, um, to get to my first, you know, I mean, this episode, I, I was thinking, you know, this is sort of like a part one in way, of ways of something. You both seem to just, like, it's just, this episode didn't offer anything. It's it's never resolved what's going on here. Or... Well, it, it seems like it seems like they're setting her up to come back because this is the thing that always bothered me because like it seems like they're setting her up to come back as this kind of like semi recurring, you know, kind of you know espionage villain. Yeah, so, does she not come back ever? No. Do you want me to spoil it? Absolute madness. If she does, okay. Well, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can say if she comes back or not. She she doesn't, she doesn't because like she I doesn't. think it, oh, it would that's ridiculous. It, it, I think I think it, it would have been legitimately interesting if she actually came back because uh, you know it would have been the, you know kind of this almost vosh kind of idea. I assumed that she comes back the next very next episode and we continue no, this theme. No, she's mentioned a few episodes later in um that's the wacky episode where Archer ends back in the early two thousands. That's but otherwise, she's never mentioned again. And yes, and, and, yes, and you see Captain Archer order a hamburger through a drive-thru. That's the most exciting part of the season. I am so exhausted of Enterprise. I can't. This is why. And I'm he wears a flat cap. You see a captain wear a flat cap. 
Oh, this it's guy not... always looks like he's wearing a flat cap, flat cap for some reason. He's just... His yeah. hair always looks like it's just been under a hat. That's he's true. so American. Gosh, we get it. Oh, I'm so... Because um, <laughs> yeah, we have this sequence where Raijin runs through the ship shooting at people and then Archer finally finds her and it's basically like, what the fuck did you do? And it's just a strange scene where Archer, she's like, if I tell you, they'll kill me. And he's like, what if I, I might kill you? I might do it. It's like, no, you won't. He doesn't think you will. And then it's, he sort of grabs her and shakes her. It's very William Shatter, it's very sort of TOS William Shatter thing where he grabs the woman and just shakes her to get an answer. I cannot believe she doesn't come back. I'm sorry, this is ruined, this is ruined my day. Um, so yeah, she's, she's, I mean, it seems like she's being forced into this. I don't know, maybe they threatened her, but we never find out. So, I mean, I like they, they could be threatening her, but like the, the, the thing I'm not thankful for is that there isn't like a, a you know, a, a Zindi reptilian on a ship somewhere holding a gun to her daughter, just going, do it or we'll kill your daughter. That yeah, makes... it's just kind of like this is what she does. You know, you never really understand her motivations beyond maybe they paid her for the job. Oh, this, I, I need, have you seen the trivia yet? Like, is there some explanation for why this actress never returns? Olivia, <laughs> if there was an out to the universe, I have, I have, I have I feel some terrifying some news. Oh no. There is no trivia this week. I'm calling the police. <laughs> there is literally. <laughs> I am calling the police. One interesting thing about this episode, and it's sad that it has no relation to anything to do with the production. There is nothing on this episode on Memory Alpha. Nothing. I. I'm distraught. <laughs> I can't say there's nothing. This episode just is nothing. Also, this was my first time, like, well, realizing this was the Zindi. This is them, right? Yes, this is the Zindi. This is Space Saddam Hussein. These little cockroaches. Like, it's just, I didn't realize this was who they were. You know, yeah. And the whales with, the whales with human arms. That's also them. We've got to think a lot about the analogy for the Space Taliban, Al Qaeda, and. Saddam Zarak being literal, the, the space axes of evil are literal cockroaches. Oh my gosh, I don't want to get- I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. That's this episode. I mean, like, th this is how you know you're watching an American television show. I just think Enterprise is too American. At least Battlestar Galactica <laughs> dealt with its post 9 11 trauma in an interesting way. Yeah, but like, in the most violent way possible. I mean, like, there's, there's, there's no possible oh way you can escape God. any sense of violence in Battlestar Galactic because, like, I can't, I can't watch it again. It hurts my brain. It, I, I, it hurts my soul, and I can't. It is mind-numbingly depressing. Olivia, yeah. what episode of PSG are you on right now? I am some. I don't even know what episode. Did you get to Pegasus? Because I think that's kind of yeah. Peak Pegasus of... broke my soul, and apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to the beginning of season three, and I just know that like it's downhill from. There. What's well, downhill from season Pegasus one. is have, very have, much a, but wait, it gets worse moment. Yeah, but <laughs> have you watched? Have you watched the original Battlestar Galactic yet? No, I. Do I need to do that. Apparently, it's I'm fucking insane. It's it's absolutely delightful. I think it's absolutely one of the most fascinating things you will ever see. Just just uh, you know from you know, from a fascinating story perspective. So when Glenn L. Larson created it, he was like hardcore hardcore into Mormonism. 
no. That's why there's 13 so, tribes, like isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So there are big elements of it, uh, you know, uh, that are reflecting Mormonism, right? But that that's kind of you know where it ends. So uh, there there are things uh, about uh, you know about the original series that that I like more than more than the remake. So uh, the, that I think uh, the remake w w this was a mistake that that the humans created the Cylons. Yeah, that's the I. Yeah, because in the original, there there aren't even any like human-looking Cylons. They're just the robots, right? Yeah. No, well, like the the original idea is that that the Cylons literally came from another galaxy. They were created by a completely different species that didn't even look humanoid at all whatsoever. Okay, they uh, uh, they were like, okay, uh, we know that biological life is terrible and we hate it. They killed all of the original Cylons, quote unquote. Oh. Like and then reason. they went, okay, biological life, you know, should be exterminated. And then they started a campaign to literally eliminate all biological life within the universe. So then they just started moving further and further into the universe. And then they found the humans of the 12 colonies and then reformed the, uh, their bodies to look like the Centurion. So they look slightly more human. And then, okay, it's your turn now. Line up. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I was going to say I'm looking forward to my Battlestar Galactica journey, but um, as soon as Seasons, I got It's just a descent epic. into terror and madness from season three onwards. I'll it's be just a lovely soul-crushing experience, but I'm yeah, but, like, they, they have, for the ride. Yeah, you, gotta, you gotta remember here, they have capes? Yeah, they, they have, have capes in the original show, that's good. I they remember, have the white, they have I remember searching capes. the original and just seeing it, it, it didn't look fun like the original Star Trek looked fun. It just looked. Battle Star, the original Battlestar Galactica is so is actually matches T and TOS camp sometimes. So, uh, okay, oh, it absolutely does. We'll give it a chance. It's, it's like, not like this where. Um, I mean, this is just this jacket. This is let's, let's round this <laughs> it. Let's round this shit show up because we have the sequence where the the Zindi attack the ship and it's you know the insectoids. And the reptilians, and it's just like, oh wow, these guys are actually kind of scary because uh, they there's some of this array of weapons that just seem fucking horrible, like a weapon that seems to like dissolve a guy, and they fire some acid at a wall that shoots tiny little lasers back that kill all yeah, these. Why, why would why did they stare at the jello? I why like why did Shoot they stare the jello. at the jello? No, run away from the jello. It's a thing fired out of a gun. Go away from it. Well, I guess they were caught in a crossfire between the Jello and other guys. It's insane. The insert, I will say this much, which is that the Zindi CGI hasn't aged that badly. It's not aged as badly as I thought it would. But it's still shit. And yeah, they they the Zindi get Rage in and they disappear with her. And then we have this happens. sequence where they're like, we can make the bioweapon now. And she's like, she basically just says, there's more of these humans than you think, and then disappears. Yeah, I can't believe that, I really can't believe that there's no follow-up. I mean, yeah, she literally says there's more, and it ends, and we never get anything. <sighs> you know, we did dead stop two weeks ago and I think in that I did talk about how Enterprises does 
a presentation of a lot of really interesting concepts and never going anywhere with them. And this is yet another time that Enterprise has been like, ooh, it would be interesting if we did this thing, wouldn't it? Anyway, next time, it's just horrifically uninterested in doing anything interesting. It's just so funny that it sort of ends with them like dismissing this woman, like, you know, you've said enough, you've served your purpose. And then she literally never comes back. It's exactly what the writers did. Like, like, you're done, we're done with you. Yeah, it's just what the writers did. I don't know. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to start an extensive investigation into why she never returned. So, the trivia, the only interesting pieces of trivia are this episode was originally called Enemy Advances, which is a shit name. And um, this is the last mention of Crewman Cutler. Who? Um, the, the actress, you know, have you... You know the what the, the woman who the, the um crewman who fancies flocks, crewman Cutler. Oh right, oh, yes. this is the last mention of her because she died of um she died a month after this. Oh, the actress because I remember um Billingsley talked about that. Yeah, I did say that, which is sad. But that's um that's the only interesting things about this episode. That's it. I this just... is a bad. This... Episode. This wasn't even the Star Trek therapy that it should have been because we never get closure. Do we ever get closure? I mean, yeah, we never do. It it, it it's cursed. I I, I mean, it it's it's just painful. You know, I just went to an IMDb I mean, looking we can for. Take... Sorry, I just went to an IMDb. You you finish that, me. No, sorry. Go, go ahead. I lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. I just went to an IMDb looking for um, if there's any more trivia there, and somebody gave this episode 8 out of 10. Is it Rick Berman? No, <laughs> it's somebody from Brazil who said, in this new sequel, the saga of the Enterprise in Adelphi expands the sex slave, Raijin, has great participation in the story, gives information about the objectives of the mysterious alien council. As most of the episodes of this season, this episode is also full of action. My vote is 8. Cancel Brazil. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brazil. We can't allow you to leave. Um, no, I'm Is sorry. English his first language? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't... We can presume not. We'll forgive them for that. But even the gist of that, how did you think this was a good episode? It's so... Like, it's so empty. That was nothing. They gave us nothing. Oh, Star Trek, you... I, after watching this episode, I changed my name to Star Trek Must Fall, and I'm standing by that now at the end of this session. It's just a deeply... I feel like we didn't try. Yeah. Or I something think you went said... wrong in the production side. Like, I'm so convinced that something went wrong behind the scenes, like in production, for this to have no follow-up. I think that's what, you... like, I, I'm just convinced they were just, they were just like, get, get it out, get it out, just do whatever, you, you know, like that costume that Jerry refused to wear, just get it on her, it, it won't fit, just clip it on the back, just clip it on the back, you know, just shoot her from the yeah. front, don't show her back, don't show her back, get her gone. It's, I think earlier you said this feels like half an episode, and I think you were right. I mean... It just feels like there should be another half of the episode after she gets recaptured by the Zindi. There should be a plot there. There isn't. What is the next episode? I have to understand what the next episode is. The next episode, after Raijin, 
is something was hidden impulse something in the vaults, guys. So it's the one where Tokol gets a mad. They have to fight Vulcan zombies. I haven't. Oh, I haven't seen. Puzzle. It's I'm not good either. I can't wait. No. Well, at least that sounds. It's, it's very amusing though. Yeah. It's kind of whack. That sounds kind of funny though. I think. I'm scared. <laughs> oh well. So there's no trivia. And we just have to live with this now. Yeah, I mean, last night we watched the motion picture together. It was a beautiful experience, and now we the know. motion picture was <laughs> a more enjoyable, easy to follow piece of media than this. Absolutely, I think I rewatching the motion picture. I have a new respect. I don't think it's that like. It's not as absurd as people say. Like, it was enjoyable, it was pretty, but I think it... It definitely gets overblown. You know, Dave, the, that the motion picture was um, cut in 48 hours by the director, and the first time anybody saw it was when he handed it over to the um, screening room. I know, it was, it was still wet in the can when they handed it over. Yeah, it's insane. Oh like, it gosh. did not... The t- TMP makes so much sense, you realize it did not get a test screening. It did, yeah, it, it didn't get a single test screening. Uh, the 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 music, uh, uh, the, um, what's the name? Not Jerry, but um, Goldsmith. No, it, it wasn't Jerry. Uh, I swear it wasn't Jerry. Hold on, I'll get it up. I think it is Goldsmith. Uh, writes... his name. Yeah, it is Goldsmith who does TMP. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, if I'm remembering this right now, uh, then he had a cot in uh, uh, in a sound booth, and he just re-recorded the music as uh, as they would bring him cuts of the film. Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah. and that's that's pretty horrifying. And like, uh... that's disgusting. It's it's very horrible. Yeah, I uh, I I think he ended up being in there for forty six hours. That's terrifying. So they had a very firm release date for the motion picture. Uh, nothing was going to change it. Nothing was going to change anybody's mind on that. And, and basically, the film was a technical failure uh, because of that and because of all of the rollover costs from like phase two. Oh God, yeah, because they just basically rolled phase uh, two which into didn't, the film. Yeah, they were phase two directly in the film, and they spent an incredible amount of money on phase two, to the point that there are stories that people tell, uh, um, you know, about things that are uh, in the archives. Uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, but somebody uh, somebody said that uh, there was uh, some piece of set that was actually uh, draped over with some uh, piece of fabric, and they were like, "Oh, that looks that looks a lot like, uh, uh, you know, the original, uh, you know, gold uniform color." It looks a lot like it, and then somebody was like, "Yeah, uh, like uh, that is." Uh, they spent something like eighty thousand dollars to uh, rematch uh, a dye lot to uh, to dye this fabric to make the phase two uh, uniforms, and they never used it. Yeah, I mean the thing about you know I have nothing nice to say about this episode. I just don't. Um, I'm glad you brought it to us. Because it's interesting to just pull Enterprise apart and just is just devoid of 
trying. I'm glad we got to talk about it in yeah. a certain way. In, in a perverse way, I kind it kind of makes me want to watch more Enterprise because I need to get to the bottom of what the hell just happened. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Thank you, no, Dave. I mean, it, <laughs> no, thank you guys for having me. It's been something. I mean, if you got any, you know. Um, Anything to plug right now? Anything you want our listeners to enjoy? Well, me and Olivia contemplate death. <laughs> ah, well, you, you know, I got, I got, I got a little spiel. Uh, I do have a project coming up eventually that is going to be tangentially related to another '60s television show. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, that's going to be coming up. Uh, but the good stuff, I do want to. Uh, I, I do want to plug. Uh, donate to your local Planned Parenthoods. Donate to your local food banks. Donate to your local f- women's shelters. These are good people doing good things. You can do little things. Uh, you know, little things help a lot. Uh, you know, if uh, you want to bug me on, uh, on my shit posting Twitter, I'm at just Dave Writes. Uh, you, you go ahead and bother me. I don't care. I forget about it a lot of the time. It's usually Star Trek stuff anyway. You know, being able to forget about Twitter is something I wish we could all do. And um, if you want to bug us about your inability to forget Twitter, you can find us at Quit Star Trek Pod or email us at iQuitStarTrek at gmail.com. And um, we do reply. I mean, Dave, you were our first person to reply to get on through email. And um, yeah, I we're young like people. We don't use email very much. We should apologize for our ineptitude in just yeah, we, um, conversing by sorry. email. <laughs> It took a bit of a while, but we got there in the end. Yay! We got there in the end, and I'm glad we did because this has been a fabulous conversation. I'm glad we got to have it. Oh, it's fabulous, guys! Anytime you want me back, uh, I'm down. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, um, that's us for this week. And um, until next time, I've been John. Wait, we didn't. Well, I don't know why I'm the one bringing this up. We didn't trip nips this. We're not trip sipping this episode, Olivia. We're getting does it, does it, we does it, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said? Can't we just put a tombstone on this and call it a day? Okay. Yes, exactly. I think we're leaving, Olivia. I, I did not believe, bring them up like, for a specific reason because I could not face it. I cannot believe that, like, You're, I've just okay. I've, I've come full circle. Like, I actually have Stockholm syndrome, and I'm just like, but what about the nips? <laughs> I'm okay. broke. You're, bo- you're both absolutely fantastic. You know, you both bring a lot of joy to my life. You brought John Billingsley telling me about an, a version of Enterprise that he wanted to make that I now want to see every frame of. Yes. Let's leave it at this. Yes, let's, let's leave it at the Normally, <laughs> I am a trip nip advocate, but in this case, I've made a fundamental exception. We're leaving, okay? We've We're all leaving. Left. We've all left, and I, I have no objections to that. You just wanted to check. Just checking. Bye. <laughs> I've been <there>. John. <laughs> I've been Olivia. I've been Dave. And we'll catch you all next time.